0: is the reason we do right because this world is is antichrist and this world is teaching everything in this world will teach opposite to what i'm going to teach you today and i have been teaching you on this subject and what the scriptures plainly say to us why? Because they're antichrist. The sooner you remember that, the sooner you keep that into your mindset, you will realize the war that you are in. Mother, you will realize the war that you're in. As a wife and a mother, you'll realize that you are in a battle for your children's souls. That's I, I mean, I I can't be any more specific. Like I mean that wholeheartedly when I say that. You are in a battle for your children's souls. You are. It is a war. It is constant warfare, like Paul calls it was a truthless warfare, right? It's, there's no truce with evil. We have no truce with them. There's no truce with Antichrist, right? We, we, we have no agreement with them. We will fight them until we're dead. Amen? It's a kingdom, and it's the kingdom of this world. And Christ's kingdom is above this world, right? And we are part of him. And uh, because we are, and he is our head, we have a war to battle and fight. And judgment must begin at the house of God. If we are going to go out and preach the gospel to men, if we are going to go out and, and preach and warn people outside of the camp, then the camp has to be strong, right? the church has to be strong, the marriage has to be strong, the families have to be strong. No, we're not perfect, but we ought to want to be. Amen? We ought to want to be mature believers in Christ and grow in grace and knowledge. We are not perfect men, and none of us claim to be, but we ought to have a desire to follow Christ and to mature. And as ladies, you ought to have a desire to mature in the Lord and grow. Your life here is not about anything else but maturing in Christ. Growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior and fulfilling that through every role that God has given you for every for every job that God has given you in this life. So whether it's a wife, whether it's it's a mother whether it's a single lady, whatever it is, you are called to be, you have a testimony that you are to present to people. And it's supposed to be a biblical one, whether it's a father and a husband, you have a, or a single man, it's a testimony that you are to give to others. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's, that's the testimony. So how you live your life matters to God, what you do and how you raise your family. It matters to God. God cares what you and I do. He cares the type of lady that you will be become as young ladies here in this room. God cares about that. God cares about how you're nurtured and grow in the faith. God cares about the young men that they they remain pure and solid in the faith and stand firm in the faith and quit you like men and be strong. It matters. God uses his church to equip the saints to edify the saints and to build them up and to strengthen us so we can go out and do battle so we can go out and make exploits against satan and his kingdom because that's what we did like yesterday it's the same we, we what did we do we hadn't made exploits against satan's kingdom that's that's exactly what it is that's the way i look at it <laughs> i i look at it as paul gives a reference as being military that we are the lord's army right? We're the Lord's military. We're the Lord's soldiers. So what do we have in our hand? Not, not an earthly sword. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is what we go out and fight with. This has all the answers. This is, that's the war I'm in. I would never trade this for earthly weapons of warfare. It, there's no comparison. Why? Because I believe that I could go to my prayer closet and get things from God that no earthly gun or sword or fight could ever do do you under like do you believe that I hope you do don't fall for it because it's coming the crusades Crusades 3.0 is on its way they are going to be pushing people and if they get their right-wing champion in they're going to be pushing this this uh, against the Marxists, against the perverts, against all of the all of these things going on to drive the right into rage right and and unfortunately there's going to be a lot of Christians that fall for that and and I think they will and they're going to fall and they're going to get to get right with God. Some of them God's going to bring back and he's going to, they're going to get right with him but they're going to fall for it they're, they are they're pumped in prime for it right now and we can't be we, we've got to break through the delusion and be like, no, nope, not falling for that. This is the sword that I fight with. This is a more important battle. If you ever want to change any place in this world, it is only done through this book. It is not done through anything else. This book is what changes men's hearts. This, is the, this will change in any place, in any, in, in any country around the world. This book, this, this is what makes the change in people's lives. You won't do it through the ballot box. You won't do it through politicians. You won't do it through any of these people. Why? Because their system is already tainted. You'll do it through the book. Now, will we use those things to our advantage if God so tells us to, and directs us to, like the Apostle Paul did at times? Right? We're not we're not fools. We'll use what God gives us. Right? We use the the uh, protection of the First Amendment, right, to do things that we do. Um, that recognizes but what's the first amendment recognize god-given rights that's the only reason why (laughs) that's the only reason why because we already know it's god-given we don't we don't we don't derive our authority to preach from the government right Right? we don't we derive it comes from god whether they said we could or we couldn't is irrelevant to us we're going to do it anyway amen because we're we're called from above it's God's call on us, it's not theirs. So when raising your children and, 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 and fulfilling the role that God has given you, you are called to fulfill that role and that's from God. That's given directly to you from God Almighty. That's your purpose, that's your goal. And this world is antichrist and does not want you to do that. It will stand away in your way and oppose you in every, every angle, every place that this world will oppose biblical Christianity biblical living. Your family is so foreign to this world. When they see it, they can't comprehend it. They don't understand it. And it's going to get worse. 20 years from now, it's going to be much worse. If the Lord tarries, it's coming 20 years from now, it'll be much worse. They'll look at you if you raise your family, if you don't let your children do certain things and they're not around certain, they're going to look at you like you're an abuser, like they're trying to do now. Oh, you must be, uh, that's abuse to your children, not letting them do this and do that. Right? Why? Because they want to indoctrinate them into evil. They want participation. They they don't want tolerance. They want participation. Forced participation. Right? That's their goal. That's what they do. That's who these people are. So understand that they work for Satan. Very plainly. And when you follow the Lord Jesus, you work for him. Right? My orders don't come from the government. My orders come from above. God gave me a book and said, this is how you live your life. If the government says contrary to that, then I don't listen to the government. I follow this book. Amen. Right. That's how it is, friend. Proverbs 31, verse number 28. And by the way, you're in no less war as a, as a wife than your husband is. And that's if that's anything that I've tried to drive home to you in this message, in this series on Proverbs 31, which we have one more for next week, and then we'll be finished up with this, Lord willing. But um, that, that you have a, do, a job to do you have a war to fight just as much as your husband does maybe even more in some ways as God has given you responsibility Proverbs 31 verse 28 her children arise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praiseth her many daughters have done virtuously but thou excellest them all Father, Lord, we pray you bless us now as we look at this. Help us, Lord, to apply these things to our hearts and lives. And Lord, uh, help us as we train up young people to follow you. And as Lord, we, uh, as examples to them, would follow you and be faithful and help these ladies, Lord, and help our us as husbands to love our wives and to praise them for the good that they do. And, and encourage them in the Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, the world will never praise a godly woman. I just, I, I, it's just, it is a proven fact. The world will never praise a godly woman. Now, they'll be forced to praise her works at times when they see them in the gates, but they won't understand why, right? And we'll talk about that next week. But they'll be forced to, in some ways, her works. They'll look at they can't deny it. But this world system will always hate godly women. They will always detest the biblically feminine women. Biblical feminism, which is real, amen, and a beautiful thing. The wife that is submissive to her own husband, the one who loves her children, the one who is the keeper at home, the one uh, that is like that. Listen, it is not a sacrifice, Uh, to be a keeper at home. It is a sacred office that God has given a woman and it is despised today. It's not a sacrifice in that sense. It's obedience. God would have obedience rather than sacrifice. It's just plain obedience to be home and to love your children and do the things that God has commanded you to do. It's, It's a blessing, really, if you understand it. This world despises biblical manhood, womanhood and children that follow their godly parents. Children are their oppressors and women rule over them. They are wanting children to craft laws that are favorable to children to rule over their parents. That's what they're doing right now. Why? Because they're antichrist. They want, well, if your child comes to you and Uh, says that they're a boy and they think they're a girl, well, then you're supposed to just bow down to your children. Well, if my children want to drink strychnine, do I just let them do that too? If my children want to snort some Coke, do I just go ahead and put it in their Cheerios or what? If If my children want to drink booze, do I just hand them a bottle of Jack Daniels or what? Children don't know what they want or what's right for them. That's why God gave them parents. To guide them and instruct them. You're, They're attempting to have children make decisions that their brains are not even fully formed to make. And then the butchers and the devils want to mutilate their genitals and give them drugs to change their minds and corrupt them forever. And they know that child's mind is not even developed. Right? So different than the Roman Catholic Church as they take advantage of children every day. Their pa- the papacy and the, and, the, and the Roman Catholic groups do the same thing. It's the same exact abuse. They play with the mind of children and they destroy them before they can even form and understand. They, their minds are not even formed fully. They don't have... a and understanding. That's why God gave them parents to guide them and direct them. This world despises that, though. It despises biblical manhood, womanhood, fathers and mothers. But listen to me and understand this. Do not seek the praise of the world. The world will praise its feminists, its beta males, and its children that are oppressors. Don't seek the praise of the world. If Christians are ever tried in the court of the world, they will always lose. Amen. Understand that. If you are tried in the court of the world and the opinion of the world, you will always lose. Well, how do you know that? Jesus. The perfect, sinless son of God. God manifests in the flesh. Came and they found him guilty. Of what? they don't know they're still trying to figure it out they they never did pilot couldn't charge him with what it was illegal for Pilate to charge him with what he charged him with sound familiar so then the same spirit is is the way the world is like pastor jeffrey they charged him with a, a bunch of things that none of that stuff is accurate it's all a lie right Terroristic, this and restricted him and trying to keep him from going into Toronto and try to keep him from going. All they lie. They're a bunch of liars, right? They just lied about him. All of it was a lie. Sound familiar? You've been through it, haven't you? They just lie. That's what they do. That's what they're not going to praise you. They're going to lie about you. That's what they're going to do. That's what the world does. They will praise the woman in authority. They will praise the career woman as she competes with men, but they will never praise the godly and virtuous woman. But never seek it because there is a proper praise and one that the world cannot ignore the fruit of. They cannot ignore the fruit of all the virtuous labor of the wife, not of her husband or her children, which we'll talk about more next week. They have to face them in the gates of the city. They have to see them wherever they go and wonder how did they become what they are? Like, do you know that, averagely speaking, people can't go into a restaurant and eat with their children? Like, because they, their children aren't trained to just, like, sit down and obey? They, they can't even go anywhere with them, right? You've watched it, right? I'm not talking about babies. I'm talking about, for, or they give them an iPhone. The five-year-olds, so they, so they are distracted and they just sit there the entire time. They can't have dinner at a table. Why? Well, they probably never have dinner at a table together. <laughs> they probably never sit t- The family probably never sits together. Right? So they can't even they can't even do that. Their children can't function. Like they 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 can't take their children to an office somewhere and do things that they have to do. Why? Cuz they they're never disciplined. But they look at you and they see you and they're like they're amazed by. it. They say it wherever you go, don't they? Cuz they're used to ch- like we took all our children into the we had all 12 of us in grandma and grandpa. We are all in the the uh immigration office there or whatever you call it the uh, immigration <laughs> the uh what do you call that? We're all legals. Um but uh the yeah, the passport, we're at Steele County right. We're 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 in there and they're they're looking and they're like They were amazed that that the children were able to like Right, right. And being able to take their pictures, being able to talk and communicate, being able like they're not used to that. They're used to have to war with children. Right? And like ring their they're not used to that. Well, why is that possible? Well, I could just simply look at well, because they have a mother. Amen. Because they have a mother. Right? You look at that and you can say it's because why does that happen to your church? Why do those children, why are they able because they have a mother. I realize they have a father, but let me tell you something. <laughs> they have a mother, okay? They have mom. And children need a mother. They, they, they need their mother. She's the one that literally teaches them nearly all their manners and enforces them on a daily basis. Why? Because she's with them all day. And if she don't do it it's not happening That's right. so when you see it not happening what's the first thing people say wonder where their mother is when children are running around there where's your mother at you see them outside little kids walking around five years old like nowhere around any like where's your mother Right? The world, they, they're forced to deal with it when they see that and wonder at it, right? But they're not gonna praise you. They're not gonna praise you. they won't do what it takes that God has led you to do to do that, right? They just like somebody said, Oh, I, I couldn't have that many children. I just I couldn't. I was listening to somebody tell me that. It's it's I, I bought some used toys for Gideon's birthday the other day and, and they, they said to me they that this couple, they're like, Oh yeah, we're done having children i was like man we just had one <laughs> like, we just, we just, and these people are young they're not they're not older people they're young and they're like oh we're done having children and they're young and yeah i just can't afford them i was like you act like it's a new car you bought or something like <laughs> can't afford a ferrari i mean it's just like can't afford that car over there that's what they talk at like they're you know what I mean? Like they're a financial asset or something that you have, I can't afford to have them. And then they begin to tell me why they couldn't afford to have them. Now, they didn't say this, but I deduced it from what they were saying. What did they say? Well, they're wandering around, uh, taking them to every sport possible, investing everything into everything. I mean, when I say everything, I mean this. they're going through the gauntlet of all this stuff that they do. Well, oh yeah. We can't afford that, because our children are all in all these sports. I gotta sell this house and do this, and I'm like. I was like, well, that's why you can't afford it. You think you can't afford it. Because you're running around doing everything the world wants you to do. Right? And paying high amounts of money for it. Right? The children are oppressing them. Right? but. That's the thing. That's what they're doing, paying high amounts of money. And they say, that should, should money ever be a reason why you don't have children? No. Right? No. It shouldn't be a reason. But that's what they do, right? That's what the world thinks, that children cost them money. I don't look at my children and think, man, they cost me a lot of money. I don't look at them like that. I, I hope you don't. I hope you never make your children think they're expensive for you. That's a terrible thing. It's just a terrible thing to do to children to talk like that. And it, by the way, it's, it's like you don't see your children as a blessing from God, but some kind of expense. That's how the world sees them. Ah, The Bible says they're a blessing. And if God gives you them, He's going to provide for them. Amen. Number two, she is praised by her children. We're going to talk about her children's praise. Her children rise up and call her blessed. As the children grow older, they remember the goodness of their mother. They remember the special care that she had for them and how she was always there for them. Now, you and I realize that some women get into positions where they have to work a secular job to care for their children and provide for their maintenance because there's no man to care for them. But that shouldn't be the case in a Christian home. The children should be able to look back and remember their mother's care for them, how she nurtured them and loved them and cared for them and was there for them in their growing years of their lives, which creates great stability and comfort in a child's life. You, you have no idea, well, you do, but most people have no idea. How much comfort and stability it it, it, it puts in a child's mind and heart when their mom is there for them all the time when they know where they are it's when they need to talk when they need to that their mother is there for them you know what i find absolutely fascinating uh, compared to the world that is that pretty much each one of us could call each other's homes and pretty much know exactly that that mom is going to be there. Amen. That, that, that she's going to be in that place. And like those people are like the faithful people that are always, there, that they have, a, their mother is there. They're, they're like, they're, they don't, you don't have to worry about, well, where is she at? She's all over the place. She's not even home. She's not even around, right? That they're faithful people. Or can you help with my children? I got to go do something like this real quick and run and do this, right? And you know who to call, right? You know, because they're, they're going to be there caring for their children, their family, and doing what they do. Amen. Right? That's, that's, a, that's important. That stability that provides. I'm telling you, it cannot, it can't be matched by anything in this world. It, it can't be. That should not be in the Christian home, uh, the, uh, w- what is going on in the world. You wonder why there are so many unstable children in Generation Z and Generation X, they call it? How about the fact their mothers totally abdicated their God-given role to the state and were not there for their children? It's been going on for really 80 years. Totally abdicated it, right? So these parents now that are being thrown into nursing homes and children not caring for their own parents is the same thing as when their parents stuck them in a daycare and let the state raise them. Is it not? These are the daycare generations, aren't they? That are rising up. They're the daycare. Well, they just put them in daycare, the school raised them, everybody else raised them, their parents didn't know them, right? way it goes, isn't it? Now, let me say this about children, though, praising her, rising up and praising her. Thankfulness does not come natural to the self-centered and fallen nature. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, right? Children are not overflowing with thankfulness. They're taught thankfulness. And you mothers have to be patient and remember that, that children learn. To be grateful to, for their mothers. They learn to be grateful for their parents. And you teach them thankfulness, right? Children are to be taught to be thankful. As they grow up and assume their own place in this uh, world and learn how difficult it is to be a parent, they usually come to appreciate their mothers more and more. Especially if the mothers were virtuous and self-sacrificing. These children, they rise up and call her blessed. But this probably refers to the fact of later in life. It's not right away. Children don't appreciate things right away. I understand that. I pastor people. They don't appreciate things I say right away. <laughs> A lot of times they don't appreciate things I say for years. I know that because I was the same way when, when I was uh, newly saved and I came in. They, they, you won't appreciate some of the things I say to you until years down the road. Right. Or until you're faced with that. Right? right. Yeah. right? Until you're faced with that faced with something that 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 causes you to mature and to grow up and you're like oh yeah man my pastor said some things to me back then i i remember him now and i'm like you know i get what he meant by that now like i i I understand why he said that to me i didn't understand it right then remember even the apostles were like that jesus said things he said but you cannot bear them now yeah he said there's some things i can say to you but you you can't bear them right now oh right they they just could they weren't mature enough to handle what he was going to say to them at that point And that's true, isn't it, with children as well? And that's true with you and I. Parents have to be patient with their children, though, in this respect. Children go through a lot of funny stages. Didn't we all? You know, where they're not close to being thankful for their parents as they should be. It's not right, but it's often part of life. In the sin-cursed world that we live in. The parents need to trust the Lord and remember his own youth to put things into proper perspective. You need to remember that, that you weren't as thankful as you should have been. And it took you years to be thankful for the things that God has done for you, right? Right? I I would say this as a husband and wife. I, I would say that to be the more, the longer I've been married to my wife, the more thankful I am for her, right? The, the, the longer, the longer I've, I've known the Lord, the longer I've been saved by grace, the longer I'm more thankful for all that God does for me. Right? I think that's true, isn't it? And as pastoring a church, the more thankful I am for the simple things that God has done for us and, and the miraculous things that God has done. And as a, as a husband and wife, you'll be the same way. You grow more thankful when you grow more dependent. Amen. And then when children, when they rise up and they don't have a clue what they're doing, when they start to raise their own children, they, they start to remember, yeah. My parents really did sacrifice for me. They really did love me. You know, when they figure that out, it's funny because sometimes my children, I, I won't say which ages and which ones, <laughs> but uh, they will conceal their identity. But I, I will say they, they've been surprised at times, Wait. You mean you have to pay for electricity? <laughs> yeah, how do you think they pay Paul? <laughs> right, Brother Paul? Yeah. You, you mean you got to pay for that? <laughs> right? <laughs> wait, wait, you mean taxes like Luke said me? Taxes? There's taxes on my food at this restaurant? Calm down, Luke. Yes, there is. Talk him off the ledge. It's OK, Luke. Calm down. And nobody has Fanta. It's OK, Luke. It's all right, buddy. It'll be all right. All right? Huh? Just drink this sun kiss. <laughs> It'll be fine. I don't like that stuff. OK. <laughs> oh, that was funny. He's like, wait, there's tax on this bill? <laughs> yeah there is luke yeah yeah caesar's taking everything by gunpoint he doesn't use a sword anymore he just uses a machine gun that's what he just yeah. <laughs> he'll just mow you down but uh yeah yeah they they take that money but children they don't understand that you grow to learn wow my parents they like stuff was expensive for them to do like that they did they did things for us because they loved us and they, they provided these things for us because they loved it. And I try to remind my children that, you know, we're blessed uh, even the things that we have, you know, that God has given us as, as even Americans in this, you know, the things that, that we, are, we have and the, you know, the heat and the, you know, um, the electric, the gas, the places that, you know, the, the groceries and everything else, the availability of some things and all that we are blessed to have those things right we're blessed to be in a place where you can turn something on and you have electricity right that you have those things right that you know you're don't forget to be thankful and you teach them that we teach them to be thankful for one day that we'll see that manifest that they'll actually be thankful for for everything that we've done for them right and not because we want their praise but that praise will come but you have to wait for it. It's not going to come. You have to wait just like a husband. I mean, excuse me, just like a wife has to wait sometimes for a husband to grow up for him to really appreciate her. That, that's just I, I'm being real when I say that to you. It's true because sometimes we just take things for granted and that's vice versa as well. But we take it for granted and we don't we're not as appreciative. Well, you have to, and then when when you go through trials and things and your wife waits Uh, for you to mature now she may not even realize that that's what she's waiting on but that's what she's waiting on is for you to mature and be like oh yeah like I should really not slight my wife I should really be thankful for her I should really be very guarded and careful with how I uh, uh, how I treat her because you know she does a lot and I should be thankful for that because I sure don't want there could be a day that God takes her home and I don't have her right and how to be thankful. And I want I want her to know that so in other words basically you're living in a state of praise and thankfulness. Number 1 to God, but always. So if you died tomorrow, your wife would know how much you loved her. Like she wouldn't doubt that. She wouldn't wonder about that. You ought to live your life. You and I ought to live our lives and children, you ought to make sure your parents know that you're thankful for them. Cuz your mom or dad could drop dead tomorrow. And you don't wanna wonder, do my parents know how thankful I am for them? I I you want them to know that. You don't want them to wonder that, right? In that sense, or you don't wanna wonder that in your mind, because you're gonna go on. They're gonna go to glory and they're not gonna worry about it. But, but you're gonna be here. Right? And you're gonna live with their death. And you wanna make sure that 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 they know that you were thankful for them. So Praise is important, amen? It's important. The world calls it positive reinforcement. The Bible calls it praise. Amen? They, did, they, they tried to invent some new thing and make it sound fancy, but what is it really? It's just praise, right? It's being an encourager, you know, infusing someone with courage, giving them courage, right, and encouragement. So parents, be patient. It'll happen. Children should be thankful for their parents and should call them blessed. Children, remember one thing. It's impossible for you to pay your parents back for all that they do for you. They're not asking you to either, by the way. But at the very least, they should, you should show thankfulness. How selfish and sinful are children who grow up and ignore their parents and do not communicate with them and do not express thankfulness to them. Thanksgiving should characterize the child of God. Turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse number 7. We ought to be thankful. People ought to know that we... Man, I, there, I'll tell you, there's, there's one thing that we need to guard our tongue from as much as possible. What pours forth from our tongue should be more praise and thankfulness and less complaining. I fear that we complain way too much. We don't take our complaints to God as much as we should, uh, and who can fix them? But we complain to our fellow man. We complain about how hard our life is, or how hard our struggles are, or how hard those things are. That is ungratefulness to God for giving you the job that you have, the food that you have, the fact that you can even have a backache to get up and go to work. Right? Amen. When some people they're laid out, they ain't getting up. All those things. That, and we realize there's a reality of that in our lives, that we have pains and we have struggles, but when are we thankful and express it? I'm a, I'm are we known as being thankful people for all that God has done for us? I know this is supposed to be about praising a wife, and it is, but <laughs> I, 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 just, it's very convicting to me Matt. that, that we, we're not thankful enough. We're not praising God enough. We don't praise or praise and encourage one another enough. You know, there's nothing wrong. It's not being proud or arrogant or lifting somebody up with pride to be grateful for what they do for you. It's not flattering. It's not wrong. If it's sincerely from the heart, it's the right thing to do. I try to remember to do that to praise you for the good things that you do and and how God uses you in different ways. And people that are online and people that listen to me and everything, I try to do that in my own family and my children. I try to do that for what they do, to be an encouragement to them. And we ought to make sure that we do that. Amen. Amen. We we ought to. We ought to be thankful people. See these children the reason they rise up and praise her is she's is a fruitful mother who seeing her prudence and experience for affection and affectionate care celebrate and praise her and own that she has rightly won the blessing of the Lord. That's what they see. These children of godly mothers rise up and praise their mother as they raise their own children they remember the tender patience and love of their mother who always cared for them and put them first and their needs before her own as she faithfully supported their father her tender guidance and her wise counsels her loving discipline and her holy example are vividly kept in their remembrance they cease not to give her praise and respect now lady let me say this to you you should want to be that mother and you should be that mother. Your reward comes later it is not instant. And many times you have to wait on that. But notice she puts the work in for years and she waits for the blessings of, of her children to rise up and call her blessed. Don't rob yourself of those blessings. And how many husbands have robbed their wives? of those future blessings by forcing them into careers or to pay their own way, so to speak, and took their mother out of the home and robbed them of that upbringing and stability that they needed, and robbed the wife of the blessings that she could have had by doing that. It happens all over the place. Sign me up for the next women conferences. I'll preach all of them. I'll preach this. I'll hold my nose and do it anyway why you want to change some things you get mom home in the right place she's supposed to be and dad doing what he's supposed to do you'll see churches change all over the place you'll see them change all over and by the way that's what needs to change you ain't changing this nation until churches get right with god If you can't even, if if God's people in America can't even follow the simple guidelines of a husband and wife and what a marriage is and what a home is, you ain't gonna do nothing to this nation. You're just an abomination. The Bible says you're a walking blasphemy. Amen. That's what he says in Titus 2. It's a blasphemy, it's an abomination. It mocks God. It causes the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Her children are constant spectators of her godly virtue and experience. Man, I, I can't get off. The, I'm telling you, what bothers me so much is you have all these people having these pre-planned revival meetings, and they're having family conferences, and they're having all these stuff, and they're planning revival. They're planning, they're scheduling the Holy Ghost in for revival this week, and they have their favorite speaker in there, and they're gonna, and, they, and and they're gonna, and they're gonna do all these things, and then they're gonna have their family conferences, and they never talk about any of these things Amen. that are simple things. And the husband walk around like a bunch of betas and the wife's wrong walk around like a bunch of uh bullish women that are that are forceful and nagging and proud and arrogant. Yeah. And the pastors are afraid of the women. They're they're afraid of them. Right. Yeah. And they want the double tithe that they get. Because they gotta pay for the building fund. That's what it is, and i it just bothers me, because you, you go around and they have all this busy noise and action and everything, but they don't ever get to the root of the problem. They don't ever see those marriages get fixed and people understand what's supposed to be done there. Why, because they ignore God's simple way. It is, it is a bunch of lip service, because it never makes anybody really deal with what we assume that people understand well they know what a husband and wife is they do no they don't I don't assume that they do I assume that they don't have a clue why because most pastors don't preach on it so they don't know so they live in ignorance and they do things that are contrary to their family, that destroys their family, and they don't know why. Well, we went to church. We took our kids to Sunday school. We, we did these things. Right? We followed Dave Ramsey's financial. Yeah. We, we did all that, right? I, I saw I went to one of those. Oh. That guy got, by the way, I went to one of those meetings. There are people throwing up credit cards on the stage, uh, sacrificing their credit cards or whatever you call it. You know, they're all, I'm like, I'm standing around there. I'm like, I'm just not fundy, man. I, I just, I, I looked and then they're like, you got to go in and have these meetings about, and then the pastor had everybody go in and have these meetings, right? With this man and he's going to fix your finances for you. You know what his way to fix it was? All right, how old are you? 47. Okay. How many years haven't you tithed? I don't know. This is going to hurt. Um, okay, so you owe tithe from the time that you first started breathing. So you took your first breath. What year was that? I don't know. I think you're going to tell me. I was... I was in diapers. I didn't owe any money. I didn't make any money. Nope. You owe a tithe from a So you go back to the time that you were born and you take that times 37 and you you give that to and you give that to the church every every you split that up and you give that to the church every week. And you make payments on that to God and you pay God back for your tithing that, that you and I'm like, and I I'm sitting up there and I'm like I didn't like him. Like, I couldn't stand him. You know why? Cause like, I dealt drugs on the street and was around a bunch of losers, extorters, I mean, bad people and everything like this. And this guy, I mean, yeah, this guy's like, what? I know, stupid Mark. I know, and then guess what happened? He got all these people and all, he went around to all the, oh, Dr. Hiles loves this. Dr. Hiles loves this plan. He loved it when he was alive. He loved this plan, but he did, man. He made a real, he made a bank. How do you think he paid for that building up there? good scam, bro. (laughs) Way to scam those Baptists. Right? So he's like, Dr. Hiles loves it. Dr. Scott loves it. He supports it. He's in prison too. Um, (laughs) so then this guy, he goes around all these churches and he does this, right? And then they go like, here come the federal indictments he robbed those poor old ladies of all their retirement and those old men and ended up in the clink. He took Jim Wilford's mom for, he took Jim Wilford's mom for like a couple hundred grand. Brother Jim, he t- yeah, ended up in prison. I don't know why I said, it, but keep playing the game, I guess, right? But that, but why? Well. You know, And then then Dave Ramsey's idea was send your wife to work to pay off all your bills. You loser. Shut up and go home. Don't even talk to me. I can't stand that. I can't stand that garbage. So disobey God. Do things against God's will. And do it that way so you can get out of debt. If I got to get out of debt that way, then that ain't God's way. Right? Right. Right? Right. 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 Well, anyway. But I'm never going to have a million bucks either, so... Thanks a lot, Paul. <laughs> but, but seriously, that's the kind of things that these people do for their, their conferences. Well, who's that helping family? Who's the, what family's getting right with God because of that? Well, they're giving a lot of money, though. Oh, okay, that changes everything. I wonder if your wife had to... Yeah, I think she had to tally how much she owed for tithing back since she was breathing, too, And first. I think that's how it was. I was just like, this is stupid. I'm sorry. I was like, I'm like, haven't you fundies ever been scammed before? This is dumb. It's dumb. It's like when I first walked into a Baptist church and I, I walked in the that I got saved under and, I, and there was this dude that was there, and like no one knew he was a queer. And I'm like, you guys know that guy's a queer, right? I, just, I, was, I was like, I was like pastor. That that guy's a queer. And, he just he goes <laughs> i just thought that was just street street smarts man. i was like <laughs> he was out of there he was he was gone i was like oh man anyway okay, okay i'll keep going <laughs> These are real stories. Like, I'm not making this These aren't like illustrations out of a book somewhere. This is my ministry. This has been my life since I got saved. I'm looking around. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what passes for family conferences and everything else and what you're supposed to do to, for all this stuff. Like, this is what you're No wonder why nobody's getting right with God. No wonder why nobody's uh, surrendering anything. No wonder. They're, they're throwing their credit cards up on stage, but their hearts ain't there. Right? Their hearts aren't right with God. They're not right with each other. Because a couple can get through, a Christian couple can get through anything thrown at them if their heart is right with God. It doesn't matter what it is. That's why you need that mother there. What a shame when a mother does not act this way as a godly woman. And she is not the virtuous mother she should be. I've heard many a man give a testimony of a rotten mother, by the way that literally rotted his bones and left years of turmoil and strife and scars that do not easily go away. Even if your mother was not a good mother, you should try to be kind Amen. because she is the mother God gave you. That's right. It doesn't mean you leave yourself to get stuck in the, in the right. fifth rib, That's right. right? But you just, you can be kind. Amen. Do what you got to do, right? You can't have close fellowship with them? Of course not people that are dangerous, you can't. But you can be kind and respectful. Amen. And you should be. Why? Because you're a Christian. That's right. That's why. We're Christians. We do what's right because it's right to do. No matter what they did. Right? They won't change us, but our our testimony might change them. Amen. Remember that. That even though you have who you who have good mothers would never say anything with your lips to give her praise, why wouldn't you? Why would your deportment, your character, your life, your testimony, everything has been hinged on what your mother has taught you? The reason you have good manners today, for the most part, you that do, the reason why you're able to have a conversation, the reason why most of you are educated in this room is because of your mother. You young people I'm talking to, it's because your mother taught you. She educated you, she taught you. Amen, that's why. Your success in those, God will, God will require it of you that you remember your mother, that you praise your mother, right? Your children's works will go on to praise you. The upbringing and the love that you've showed, your indelible mark on them cannot be erased. You know who the mother is that deserves praise? Those that are truly wise, that they build their house. Those that are truly kind. Those that are industrious and careful. They're not lazy. They're hard workers. Those that are charitable. Those that are virtuous. That are sober and temperate. Just and righteous in their conversation. Exemplary in integrity and uprightness. Those that are pious and religious towards God. They maintain a grateful remembrance and on occasion make honorable mention. Godly women. We ought to give thanks for them. Amen. The distinctive honor of the pious mother is that she receives the Praise of her children, her own children. They do her honor. They speak of her with reverence and love and blessing. What must a mother be in order to inherit such praise of her, of, of her children? Notice her prudent regulation of the affairs of her household. Look at Proverbs 31 and exp- th- he's explaining why she's praised. Look at what type of woman she is and what she has done. That's the woman. If you look there at Proverbs 31, he explains why she's worthy of that praise. And then you ought to look at that and say, I need to be this woman. Because that's the woman God wants me to be. Not, just be, not because I want to be praised, but because it's right. Because remember, you're not going to be praised at times. Right? Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out Her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. Amen. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. The religiousness that influences a child is the religiousness of common life. The spirituality that is the life that imbues all things with its feelings and sanctifies all things with its presence urge upon young women the present cultivation of such a character as will make them wise and holy mothers amen number two her husband will praise her not only her children but her husband her husband ought to praise her she is, no one knows the value of a virtuous woman better than her own husband no one Amen. Because he is the tender object of her sweet devotion and the chief benefactor of her labor. He knows it well. Amen. He knows the value of his wife well. Such a woman even has the power to win an unsaved husband to Christ by her chaste conversation. Remember that? 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's go there. Once you remember that, a good woman. A godly woman can lead a lost husband to the Lord. Happens. It's God's way right here. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. It's by your life. All to behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. You know, verse number 29 in our text verse, "...many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all." Thou is used there, rather than indirectly, as in the rest of the passage, she or her. He cannot refrain from bestowing praise on one whom he finds the sweetener of all his cares, his faithful advisor in perplexities, his comforter in every distress, the instrument of a great part of his earthly happiness his best friend, his unceasing joy, and his brightest crown. He prefers her to every other wife that ever lived upon earth, and he is sincere in doing so, said one, for she ravished his heart by the beauties of her mind and conversation. Piety will dispose a man to think meanly of himself in comparison with other men, but highly of his wife when he compares her with other women. There is no comparison. That's how a man views it. That's not how you view it. you got a wrong heart. Amen. Because he praises her, he sees her. The praises of her husband should be more delightful to her ears than that of her children. Amen. His attachment to her is not mere beauty and looks, but on the fear of the Lord. It is the true sign of all beauty which we will talk about next week when we talk about that. But the fear of the Lord is, her, is, is more beautiful than anything you could ever imagine. You know, things are going to change in marriage. You, you first get married uh, to the time that as you grow older, things change, right? Looks are going to change. Body frames are going to change. Circumstances are going to change. Children are going to come into the world. All these things, we're going to get grayer. We're going to lose hair. We're going to get older. All those things are going to happen, right, in time. All those things will happen, right? But what doesn't change and what grows stronger is to be the love, the devotion, the respect and honor given to one another. I mean that. I'm telling you, you better pay attention to that. And listen closely to that, because that ought to grow in time. That ought to grow from when you married that young lady all the way back then to years later down the road. That devotion, that love, that care, that respect, it ought to grow. It better grow. There better be more of a respect uh, for what God has given you. There better be a more reverence and respect for on both sides of what God and being thankful for what God has given you. That better grow. Something's wrong with you if it doesn't. Something's wrong with your marriage and you need to get it right. And usually it's your own heart. Filthy, selfish hearts. Don't don't appreciate what God has given them. His attachment to her is not mere beauty and looks. That, that, I mean, God uses that when you first get married and all that when you're young. I mean God uses those things, right? Of course. But as time goes on, the value and the worth grows. As they get grayer and as they hold oh, that companionship and that strong love one for another, none of that other stuff is as important. Still matters. When I look at my wife, I still I, I still remember that 19-year-old girl. But I'm very I, I'm very appreciative for the maturity, the grace, and the love that's there now. More so than then. That's the way it's supposed to be. Right? That's the respect and the and the value that's to be given there and the praise that's to be given there. It's interesting. Uh, I don't use a lot of these, but I like this one. When Jonathan Edwards was discharged from his appointment, he came home in despair. But his wife smiled bravely and said, my dear, you have often longed for leisure to write your book, and now it has come. I've lighted a fire in your room and set the table with pens and paper. He was so cheered that he set to his work at once, and he wrote the book that made him famous. She just encouraged him, right? She just she was an encouragement to him. Isn't that amazing? And you think about that. You think that, that, that men like men like that, Jonathan Edwards, Ashbel Stearns, any of these men would be where they are. Like Brother Beller, I traveled around with Brother Beller. I know Brother Beller, but I also know how close he was to his wife and how much he dearly loved his wife and cared for her and how much she did for him and how how she's now still goes around and, and, and sells his books to make a living, you know, through through things, which is fine with me. I mean she's she's a widow, she doesn't have anybody to take care of her, right? So but she she goes around and she you know, on the website or wherever and 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 churches buy the books, and they should, by the way. It's a very good book. American in Crimson Red and The Coming Destruction of the Baptist People and the Collegiate Baptist History Workbook. I'm plugging all those. But uh, amen. amen. Now, I, I appreciate that woman. Why? She's stuck by that man, and she was faithful to him. She loved him. She's faithful to him. She still loves him, right? Hardest thing she's ever been through in her life. But guess what? She's not, try- she's not out there trying to build a legacy for herself. Do you know what she's doing? She's continuing her husband's. Like, she's not trying to make a name like, what, what is she doing? She's, she's pushing her husband's and, and respecting her husband and selling his books and continuing the vision that he had to see Baptists realize what Baptists actually are. Right? And they're not supposed to crank up the war machine. And they're not supposed to be these people. That's not who they are. Any of those things. They're real Baptists. They believe what they believe, right? And they believe what the Bible says. That's what she's out doing still. Ten, ten years later? Ten years later, still doing that. Once in a while, she'll message me, or I'll I'll uh, message her about something, and you know. But you, and you have too, right? You've sent, you've gotten books. Yeah, yeah. No. she's a, she's a very sweet lady. But what is she doing? She's continuing her husband's legacy. She's not trying to make a name for herself. She loved her husband, Amen. Uh, it reminds me of Charles Spurgeon. Also, you know, his wife would pick him up off the ground. People wonder. You know, they asked him, you know, the secret to how God blessed, you know, Metropolitan Tabernacle. He said, "Well, it's the prayer of the saints in this church." It's not. He never took any credit for any of that. He said, "Well, he took him downstairs, to the basement, and showed him <laughs> what was down there: hundred people praying, <laughs> right?" He didn't take credit for, for that. He never did. He never said, oh, I'm this great preacher or anything. No. I mean, he was. people hated him in the news. and every, He's a Baptist. They hated him. That's <laughs> just the way it works, right? They'll say good things about him now, some of these people. They hated his guts. He wasn't, he wasn't enough like they were, and they didn't like him. But you know what the secret was to his godly wife that loved him? I mean, she supported him, and she stuck by him, and she was faithful to him, and it encouraged him. When he was had depression, when he was weeping and sobbing on the floor, she would go down to this little and she'd pick him up off the floor and put him in his chair because he was sick. He had diseases in his body that caused his, you know, depression and everything. People don't realize that, that, that he had real physical diseases that, that caused his mind to, you know, get depressed like that. It was, he had really bad sickness. I mean, his, his body was inflamed most of the time with things that he was in constant pain he lived in constant pain but he loved the Lord and he and he loved his wife and she loved him and he would close his letters and they would yours till eternity and she meant it and so did he amen it's just a, that praise was there he praised his wife too he always did amen do you encourage your wife? Do you speak highly of her and encourage her work? Do you praise her highly for her work's sake? The former rise up is in reverence. The latter declares her superior order to all women with the hyperbolic uh, language natural to love. Happy is the man who after long years of wedded life can repeat the estimate of his early love with the calm certitude born of experience. Your wife is to be preferred above all others to you. Your praise is to be heaped upon her more than any other woman as a gift from God, recognized. That's due benevolence, love, and care. It's to be showered upon her. True gratefulness, praise comes from a grateful heart. Proverbs 27, 2 says, "...let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips." not to praise ourselves, but we should praise others. Amen. We see that the wife lives a life of worthiness to be praised by her children and, and husband, and that her husband is always looking for an opportunity to praise his wife for the good things that she does. It is not enough for you to simply think good of your wife, but you should praise her. She should hear the praise of your lips. See see then that as a wife, that, that you live that life that is worthy of praise. You know, people need encouragement, though, not just correction, right? We all need to be corrected, but we all need to be encouraged, too. Sometimes people are just broken down. They just need somebody to encourage them, right? Ungrateful hearts never praise, but they complain constantly. Never compliment, but always complain. That's a terrible spirit. Your wife should know that you are thankful for her. And by the way you show it, in your own life, it's always good for other men and women to see couples be thankful and praising one another. By the way, people should see strong marriages. I mean in sincerity. I don't mean like putting on a show because that doesn't work. People can tell whether you're real or not, right? Whether you really love each other or not. And there are people that are more expressive than others. So everybody's personality is different. I'm not saying that you have to do it this way or you're not right with God. It has to be this way. No, it has to be God's way. Amen. Not every couple is going to be different. But I will tell you this, that people should see you praise your wife and your wife praising you and encouraging one. And the reason why is because they see a strong marriage, built on love and care and respect. Why? Because, see, the devil likes to try to infiltrate into marriages and tries to destroy them, and he'll use people to try to do that. He'll use people to try to get in between. Right? As a pastor, the last thing that I try to do is ever get in between situation. I'm like a cop. I don't like domestic disputes. I like I, I hate them like you have to literally I have to be forced and dragged into dealing with it because I, I don't want to I, I, I don't want to deal with it I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to I think marriage is sacred ground and I don't like to touch it unless I really have to do you, do you see what I mean unless it's something like if somebody's being abused if somebody if something I've done, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what God's told me to do I've done it before it's cost me but I've done it anyway because it was the right thing to do and I'd do it again maybe a little differently maybe a little wiser But I'd do it again. Why? Because it's right to do. And and by God's grace, I'll always do that if it's right to do. Because it's the right thing. Amen? But here's the thing. People should see a strong marriage. They should see strong husband and wife loving one another, caring for one another, faithful to one another. So it gives no wiggle room for the devil to get in between them. People will always try to get in between marriages They'll try and this world will try your children will try your children will try to to, if they can sense any dissension any difference they'll try to wiggle their way in and do that so united front is necessary in in those matters then you take things privately and you deal with whatever you have to privately but united uh, you know you never disrespect each other you just don't you don't do that. You, you have praise one for another, and, and that's how you conduct yourself. It's very important that a wife hears the praise of her husband. It, it builds. Okay, here's the thing. When a woman is not being praised by her husband and encouraged by her husband, it leaves her vulnerable. It leaves her vulnerable for the praise of others and to seek after the praise of others. And when you know, if you ever notice that, then you might notice that something is not right with that. There's a lack of, of something there that is causing that. Because when a woman is seeking praise outside of her family, outside of her home, outside of those things like that, then, or the children are, it may mean that things are not being fulfilled the proper way. And then we have to work on that, right, to be an encouragement. Because it's dangerous. Oftentimes and we're done, but oftentimes with 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 young ladies, if they don't have good strong relationship with their father, they'll they'll seek the wrong type of men and the attention of the wrong type of men right. to fulfill that. That's why children need the affection, the proper affection of a father. Amen male or female but especially young ladies they need they need that proper attention they need they need their father to put his arm around her and to hug her and to tell her he loves her and to, and to you know encourage her and their daughters that's important why because they need that that's proper and biblical and it fulfills the role that God has for a father right for that proper and, and uh, love and affection that needs to be there Now there's going to be various degrees of differences with that uh, because everybody has a different personality, but that is important. Your daughter needs to know that you love her. They need to know that. Or daughters. They, I have five of them. <laughs> they, need, they, they need to know that, right? They, they they need to know that you love them, that you're affectionate towards them, that you care for them, right? So that's important. You need to have their heart because one day somebody's going to want their heart and you're going to need to give it away. Amen. And you want to have it, so in case that person that wants it, if they end up being the wrong person before you get married, before they get married, then you have that young lady's heart, and she'll listen to you. She'll obey her father and say, you know what? Dad's right. He's looking out for me. Amen. It's important. Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your words. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for Complete instructions that we can understand, Lord. Lord, help us to live it. We all fail, Lord, but we don't have a desire to. We have a desire to obey you in all things. Lord, help us to be praising to our wives and encouraging to them. Help us to uh, encourage one another in the Lord. Help us to strengthen each other. Help us to work on our marriages and to be strong and to love our children. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your grace. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us the truth. And it's not hidden from our eyes, but we can see it. Please, Lord, help us to follow it. Forgive us for our sins, cleanse us of our unrighteousness, and help us to walk with you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.